Welcome to the Impact Multiplier CEO Podcast. If you're a chief executive, or if you think like one, and you want to create exponentially greater impact, then this show is for you. My name is Richard Metcalf, founder of X-Quadrant. I coach some of the most successful and impressive CEOs and executive teams on the planet and help them achieve extraordinary results. And no matter how successful you've been in the past, there's always a whole new level of impact available to you. So if you're ready to play a bigger game than ever before, I invite you to join us and become an Impact Multiplier CEO. Welcome back to the Impact Multiplier CEO podcast. I'm Davina Stanley, and as usual, I'm here today with Richard Metcalf to continue our season on questions to multiply your impact. There are um, some powerful questions that every CEO, entrepreneur, or senior business leader should reflect on, engage with them fully, and they'll provoke deeper thinking and shift you to a new realm of possibility. Hi, Richard. How are you going? I'm doing well, thanks, Dav. How are you this today? I'm good. I'm good. I've been thinking quite a bit about last week's podcast on what's an eight or less and and just how easy it is to think about what's an eight or more. But it's mm. a bit of a mind shift, isn't it, to think of what's eight or less. I really enjoyed that. So I'm looking forward to today's question. I, I really enjoy your questions. Yeah, we, we're going we're gonna to take it a bit of a different way this time because uh, I think this, this question today is a little bit, uh, little bit left field for many people. Um, so hopefully it will provoke some insight and some thoughts. So what is it? Are you going to let okay, the cat out drum, of the bag? What's roll. our question? Well, I guess it's on the episode title, so they'll have seen it. But it's uh, how can we make friends with volatility? Mm, okay. How can we make Tell friends us more with volatility? about that. Well, it's, um, look, volatility is here to stay. Um, anyone who's lived through the last uh, few months with COVID and everything else not, you know, knows that, right? Um, and as um, Alan Weiss says, um, there isn't a new normal, right? There's just no normal. That's the point, that we just don't know what's around the corner. And in a sense, there probably has never been, right? It's, you know, we never know what's going to happen until something happens right out of the blue uh and and the thing is as many uh, many of us as leaders we've learned we've been trained almost to predict and to plan to do forecasts and to decompose complicated problems uh in order to figure out the best answer right we you know we, we kind of know how to take a really complicated situation and put together a plan to achieve something but what happens when the unexpected occurs as it's constantly doing so most leaders see that as like a, almost as a problem or difficulty. You know, this is a, this is a danger, it's a risk, and it's a bit annoying. And, and the point is that rather than seeing this volatility and unexpectedness as a bug, how do we turn it into a feature? How do we actually become, have a business or a life or um, uh, uh, a zone of influence where actually... Mm-hmm. We thrive in this situation. We actually thrive when there's uncertainty and volatility. I remember a, um, a saying from when I grew up, which was make every fault a feature. It was uh, a friend of my mother's mm. who was an artist who took that on as her philosophy. And I think that's what you're saying is perhaps a really healthy thing to do in everyday business, in everyday work, is just to say, okay, well, you know, that's a problem. Well, let's make it a feature. It's a fault. Let's make right. it a feature. 
Yeah. So how do we do that? Well, I, mean, I think here's, here's the key um, insight. There was a book um, called Anti-Fragile. Uh, and I love this term anti-fragile because, you know, what's something that's fragile, it's fragile if a, an unexpected shock weakens or destroys an object. And so what's the opposite of fragile? Well, most people would say robust, as in you drop it, it doesn't break. But that's just something that doesn't change, right? Whereas anti-fragile is actually something that gets stronger the more it's exposed to shocks of all kinds. Um, and if you think that doesn't exist, well, it does exist. It ex exists in the realm mainly of nature. Um, uh, so, you know, our bodies, right? If you just sit in bed, you know, eating, uh, you know, Ice fast cream. food all day, here we go. Then, you know, your body is not going to get stronger, you know? Um, if you go to the gym or you do it, you know, you go for a run or, or whatever it is, you are subjecting your body to stresses and strains of all sorts with the result that it becomes healthier and stronger. Uh, mm. Economies also exhibit this tendency, right? Uh, economies will adapt and actually get stronger uh, as new things come in and new ideas and, 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 and things shake, mm. you know, some get a bit of short-term pain, but overall, the economy becomes stronger. And you see that in nature, right? I know, you know, in Australia, I remember visiting parts of the bush um, where, you know, there had been forest fires, right? And mm. nature can come back stronger and more healthier after mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that shock. Mm -hmm. And so um, this idea of anti-fragile is really helpful because we so often look for uh, predictability and stability and we try to kind of create it but we actually create mm. these fragile structures it's like the classic one is like corporate jobs to be honest you know you kind of get into a, a corporate role with a very steady paycheck and it feels that you've suddenly eliminated all this unpredictability out of your life and it might work for ages until all you of lose your job <laughs> right and it's like, boom. And then suddenly, you know, in the worst case, you realize you haven't kept your skills up to date and you're unemployable and it's a nightmare, right? Um, so consider that with somebody who's perhaps been a freelancer for that period. They might have had volatility, good years and less good years, but their risk is spread out and they're also able to pick up on new market signals and learn new skills as things come along. So in the job market, you might say, uh, the freelance life is kind of anti-fragile because actually the new trends and, and things will actually increase employability and skills. Mm -hmm. Whereas in the corporate world, you get the short-term gain of this kind of uh, stability. So that's just on a personal level, but mm -hmm. it applies to businesses as well, right? Um, um, and, um, and so the, the question I'd like to ask is, if you think about your business, you can apply it to your life as well. Uh, and you should, but on the business line, you might want to think about, um, well, actually thinking about it, these questions apply to both, right? What's your single point of failure is the first one. Mm. So when you think about how do I make friends with volatility, the first one is, well, where is my single point of failure? And you could say, well, at work, it might be, it's my job. I only have one source of income, right? That's my, that's my source of failure. Uh, you know, if it's in your business, you might say, you know, we only have one supplier for our most critical component or you know we only have one key leader who's the only person who knows how to do this particular task or you know we're only present in one market or whatever it is right or we only have one 
you know, we only have one internet connection, whatever it is, right? But what's what's the most obvious, the most risky single point of failure? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's all very well to be lean, but uh, as somebody once said, you know, when there's like a a nuclear war, it's not the kind of the it's not the um, minimalist you know, who's only got like a few jars of food, or whatever, in their kitchen, who survives. It's the guy who's been hoarding stuff in his basement for years, <laughs> right? Yeah. Who's well prepared in yes. the event of, a, you know, of a disaster, mm-hmm. right? And so in business, we try to get things lean and cut down and everything. And there's some advantages mm-hmm. to that. But where do you actually need redundancy? Where do you actually need to over-engineer? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're not quite sure what's coming, right? When everything's totally mm-hmm. predictable, it makes sense mm-hmm. to kind of fine tune and eliminate everything. But I think but nature's not like that, right? There's yeah. a big assumption in what is predictable too, isn't there? You know, there's mm. some very big global shifts happening right now around supply chain for that very simple reason. Yeah. Right. And um, exactly. yeah, I think that single point of failure thing is, is quite relevant right now. Mm. And I think the second one is where can we plant so that's if you like the risk management part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um because we want to try to make sure that on one level we're very conservative in, in a world where we don't know what's going on where we don't mm-hmm. sure what's going to happen there's a sense of being conservative in terms of having mm-hmm. uh some you know some stability in our own model whatever that mm-hmm, is mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. then you want to have opportunities for upside so how you take advantage of this volatility so how you, and there's two questions here. The one is, what's my sensing approach? So how am I going to detect these trends early enough? So many people, many CEOs I work with, they don't know what's going on in their business, right? Because people are yes men, they don't tell them everything they want to hear or need to hear. Oh, yes. um, and it can be quite, and you're a bit removed from the business because you've got so many things to do. So how are you going to build a sensing apparatus inside and outside the business so that you're getting a, you're getting um, ahead of the game, you're not just waiting for it to be reported in the newspaper, right? Mm-hmm. So who are you talking to? You know, who are the industry analysts that you have uh, on your side? You know, who are the people that you would normally be listening to with a very different perspective on the world that you mm-hmm. want to be speaking mm-hmm. to? Who are the people in your organization who are picking things up on the front line that you want to be having direct conversations with so first of all what is that sensing apparatus and then how do i plant seeds to give me an upside okay how do i plant seeds so what is that is that a small little project to test something out in a new market you know is it getting a couple of people to to do a skunk works project in a certain area you know is it setting up a provisional partnership with somebody outside my industry trying mm. to find what are those different things that we could be doing not with a huge amount of cost but just allows us to ride a curve if and when that curve emerges mm. Mm. and i think often we don't we you know the, the temptation is just to pour everything into the model that's working right now and just double down into that one model that's working I'm always wanting to say, well, what's, you know, what's that, uh, what happens if that model stops working, right? What have you got in the bag to bring out, right, out of your magic bag of tricks? 
So those are really the three sub-questions, if you like, to break down this question, how do I make friends with volatility? It's, what's my single point of failure right now that I see? What's my sensing apparatus to detect opportunities? And then where am I planting seeds? Where am I op- op- opening myself up to opportunity? It might be as simple as going to more parties, right? And just have conversations with new people, right? That might be enough yeah, to yeah. open you up to yeah, new opportunities, yeah. new ideas. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So where are you planting new seeds then? Hello, it's Richard here with a quick interlude. These conversations are all about upgrading how you think about creating impact. So here's a resource to help you do just that whilst staying fast and focused. The CEO's Checklist for Challenging Times is a quick way to enhance your thinking and detect blind spots, even when things are moving incredibly fast and you're not sure what's going to happen next. You can get this powerful checklist of 17 world-class strategies by heading to xquadrant.com forward slash go forward slash challenging times checklist with a hyphen between each of those three last words. Now, back to the conversation. I think one thing I'm focusing on is building up the community part of my business right now. So um, because I think that creates... Uh, so not just working with uh, clients individually, but also creating communities mm. of those clients, mm. because that helps then create new conversations that perhaps weren't being had. Um, and communities are a little way a bit more robust as well than um, than individual relationships, right? There are more links, right? That keeps the community together than keeps a one-to-one yeah. relationship together. So I think yeah. that's one uh, one example. Mm. Uh, another example is very candidly this podcast, right? Uh, as you know, you know, we do seasons where we two of us get to speak, and we do other seasons where I get to speak to a whole bunch of really interesting CEOs. Some of those I've known for many years, and some of those are new people. And that's a new way. That's just one little way in which I open myself up to new people, new ideas, and new opportunities. How about you, Dav? What's this well, raising in your mind? How do you want to make well, friends with volatility? Well, the podcast again, you know, is I think for both of us one of the relatively new things for you know trying trying new things and experimenting. Um, for me, I'm trying a new strategy where, in fact, two new strategies in my business. One of those is to build uh, standalone courses, little courses, rather than just having one big program, but carve out elements of it that are separate that might be useful to the people Mm -hmm. inside my program, who everyone in the program gets access to all of them anyway, but then provide those as a standalone smaller opportunity for people to see if that's interesting and had a modest amount of success with that over the last week or two, just in our first go at that. So that's really quite Mm -hmm. exciting. Um, So that's one thing. And um, another thing is to say, right, well, I'm going to offer a new pathway in my program. So at the moment, um, Clarity First is um, a self-directed learning program where I'm there to support people regularly every month and and help them on their learning journey to answer questions. And they work through the program at their own pace. And um, we've got a structure around that, which is working really well for a lot of people. But then I'm aware that for some people, that self-direction is a little bit tough. So I thought, right, well, I'm going to offer an intensive version in September and um, see how that goes. And 
you know, offer um, six weeks, six weekly workshops and, um, you know, give people access to the material to do their pre-work and, and give them a chance to really smash through it if they want to. And then if they want to continue on a month by month basis, they can do so just to uh, offer right. different people with a different learning style, uh, you know, a different right. sort of opportunity. So I've done something yeah, just like that in the past. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just want to experiment with that in a new way and see see how well that's received. So just looking and, for new ways to help people. And and, and here's the uh, the other question on this I want to ask you is what's your single point of failure at the moment? Oh, a single point of failure at the moment. I was thinking about that as you were talking. Well, I'd say the uh, electricity, if today is anything to go by, because I do all <laughs> of my programs online. And um, I didn't check the mailbox to see that there was a notification saying your power will go out for four hours this morning. So thankfully, I was not in the middle of a workshop when that happened. Um, and I was mm. able to reschedule. But I certainly, um, yeah, that's, that's a really interesting challenge when the power just goes off and you're not expecting mm. it. And you're doing everything online. So um, yeah. it was thankfully in the end, it was only off for about 90 minutes. But, um, you know, they always allow... A margin of error here they'll always tell you it's going to be worse than it is if they can um, right but that certainly certainly required some creativity this morning to fix that well the one that, i thought for myself it. was um uh, the one i thought for myself actually was uh was me actually right in my business mm -hmm. you know it's just the state of the business right but uh mm -hmm. obviously a lot of it does depend on me at the moment and so i am a single point of failure in the business that's something I, mm -hmm. not something i can change overnight um no. But it's also important to think about, well, it is. how do you manage that risk, really, right? It's, it's hard because when well, you can reschedule things too, can't you? Um, and I've done that okay, very occasionally, like today, obviously, that was a slightly different mm. cause. But um, that's, I guess I've got a team, so I'm very grateful to that. I've only ever invoked that a couple of times. You know, sim another single point yep. of failure, my voice. If I lose my voice, then that becomes really <laughs> problematic. Um, and, you know, having someone to step in is very helpful, yeah. Yeah. So then, then, yeah, that, that's kind of the question. So um, yeah, if you're listening to this, I'd really encourage you to just to think a little bit about, especially if you've got a, a business, um, a lot of employees, you know, it's really thinking about, well, you know, we can keep optimizing and, and, and cutting things out and, and, and really cutting it back. But, you know, given we don't know what's around the corner, how can I, how can I, create a situation where we can be ahead of the curve when the next big thing happens it's what steve Jobs said right he said and when he came back to apple somebody asked him what are you going to do steve and he said i'm going to wait for the next big thing and um the next big thing was music right and that was and that was it right he was away um but you know he was in a position at that point whatever it was, to be able to ride that curve. Now, obviously, at some point, you have to double down and go, this is the bet we're making, right? But you need to have your antennas open, right? Your computer company, you need to be detecting the changes in the music industry, right? You, um, you need to see that this is an adjacency that we can explore. And yeah. I know businesses have a whole bunch of the, you know, do trying things, but I think really making sure, you know, how many seeds are we really planting? How many conversations are we getting into? And it can be very easy when you're a focused leader to let that focus come in and, and almost cut out any opportunity for serendipity. 
you know, so I'll have sometimes, you know, people will decline to be on the podcast because they're very focused on their business goals or whatever it is. And I, I get that. And there's a part, there's a place for that, but there's also a place for going, you know what? It's half an hour of my time and it could create this new set of connections, new interactions, new ideas, um, mm. new ideas. Where could this take me? And perhaps mm. it's just worth that bit of R and D time, that little bit of serendipity time. So have a look yeah. at your diary, you know, and if you're somebody who's who's very, very relentless and focused about your goals, you might want to say, well, what happens if I'm wrong? What happens if those aren't the right goals? And what happens if the world shifts? And am I actually creating mm. that space for randomness and upside? Yes, and volatility. There we are. How's that? Thank you. That was another fantastic one. Um, now I'm looking forward to seeing what you've got next. I think the question you you might have put forward for the next one is where are you playing it safe or dithering? And I, I love that dithering word because that's oh that's 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 got my attention. So um, thank you for that. Yeah. And if anybody is looking for the recording, go to xquadrant.com/podcast, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you again soon. See you soon. Bye now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Now let's talk about you. When you're in top leadership, when you're in the biggest role of your career, who supports you at a deep level as you lead others? Who helps you multiply your impact and get to the next level? If you're ready to learn more about our content, our coaching, and our community, then visit us at xquadrant.com.